0: Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD, and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, managing the demons and difficult times. And with us in our virtual studio is Greg Creech of the Tudu Institute. Um, very excited about our program tonight. Uh, before we get into the show, a few announcements. Our program is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. In celebration of that event, we're giving away a couple copies of Attention Magazine. We'd like to give them to you. All you need to do is listen to our show. Uh, We're going to share a secret word a couple times. Write that secret word down. Listen to another show. Hear the secret word. Write that down. Then send me an email with both secret words. The email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com When we get your email, I will uh, have Chad send you a current pdf copy of attention magazine and they will forward you the next copy when it is printed again two secret words just send it to me attention at attention also some uh, big news the 2020 annual international conference on adhd uh that was originally going to be in texas november the 5th through the 7th is going virtual uh because of the covid19 virus and the timing of it um they needed to make some decisions and now it's going to be virtual. So everybody has a reason um, to go. Um, no financial reason not to. So I really encourage you to do this. Uh, we have a lot of great content on here, but uh, the conference is a really great thing uh, and encourage everybody to, uh, to sign up for the conference, learn more, go to chadd.org Um Again, Chad is bringing our show to you. Uh, we have a little tip that we're going to share and then we'll get into the media show.
2: Having ADHD and anxiety can interfere with daily living. By adjusting your thoughts from negative to positive thinking, you can successfully manage your stress. Here are some tips that may help. Practice mindfulness and deep breathing. Create and maintain routines. And incorporate more exercise like weight training, yoga, or an energetic walk. To learn more about ADHD and anxiety, visit
1: chad.org.
0: Thanks again, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not familiar, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. They're the ones that are uh, on Capitol Hill talking to different regulatory agencies uh, so we get our fair shake and get uh, the accommodations that we need to thrive. Um, we encourage you to become members of Chad or to donate. Uh, just go to chadd.org to learn more about donating and or member benefits, which are uh, really a uh, Really helpful for, uh, for all out there. Okay, let's get into our show. Greg Keach is the author of award-winning books, um, uh, A Natural uh, Approach to Mental Wellness, A uh, Finger Pointing to the Moon, and The Art of Taking Actions, a Lesson Learned from Japanese Psychology, uh, which was released to rave reviews and is an Amazon bestseller. Greg and his wife, uh, Linda, are founders of the Tutu Institute, a nonprofit center in Vermont, that uses Japanese psychology as an alternative to traditional Western approaches to psychology Over 32 years, Greg has been featured as a speaker at international venue ranging from Zen centers to mental health conferences um, He's the editor of a quarterly journal, 30,000 Days, a journal of purposeful living uh, published by the To Do Institute uh, Their website is 30,000days.org Craig, welcome to the show Thank
1: you, Jeff. It's great to be on the show. Thanks for having me.
0: It's, well, you're one of my favorites. Um, as, a, as an ex-athlete, I look at, at life as um, there's fitness, there's physical fitness, and there's mental fitness. And I think I first saw you speak at the ACO, that's the ADHD Coaches Organization Conference, back in 2010. You were a keynote at that time. And it was the first time I had been exposed to some things, and you revolutionized my thought process. And I began – I've been calling myself an attention coach for years – decade actually and I used to walk in I'm coaching people on their attention but I really liked the how you framed out is you know attention is a is it should be exercised it's a skill that we can develop over a, a period of time and that and what I've learned from you about japanese psychology and really looking at attention as a skill to manage has been just phenomenal for me, and something that I've really been trying to, to bring to the ADHD community and think of it as like just fitness. You have physical fitness and you have mental fitness, so your fitness program should include both. And today, the idea of just really talking about the demons in, in our heads and, and some of the challenges from uh, an attention, intentional attention ex- uh, exercise. I'm just kind of interested in your thoughts and philosophies and what you can share with our audience on this, uh, this space.
1: Well, again, um, it's it's a pleasure to be here, and I think it's a it's a challenging time for really the whole world. Uh, and I think that the part that we see in terms of the challenge is, is really obviously trying to co- combat this this global virus, this pandemic. But uh, every one of us, I think, is finding ourselves challenged by how this situation has really upended our lives. You know, we. We have had to make a transition that involves losses. We've, we've had losses. Some people, those losses have to do with uh, their work. Some people, it has to do with people, um, friends or family that have died. Uh, and in many cases, it has to do with, with losses of, of a particular lifestyle, the, the shift of not being able to go out to see friends, to even visit family, um, I've heard so many stories about people who are trying to come to grips with uh, um, the losses that they've experienced. So it's
0: it's a very difficult time for a lot of people. Having to kind of accept those losses and move on. I know you wrote, wrote a blog recently about this because you, you have those losses and you have your plan and now it's not there. And so moving on. Just talk to us about that, that transition to moving on when you had something like this and actually kind of like the world's not going to be quite like you thought it was and the acceptance of that and all that goes with it.
1: Well, I think that part of the way we struggle is by not being able to let go of how things were. right? And uh, particularly if, if you had planned a vacation or, you know, you had a, a – various kind of plans. I I know one musician, a a person I know who's a great musician, and he's been working hard to to become um, an accomplished musician for 20 years, and for the first time in his life, he and his band got uh, set up for a tour in Europe, right, a month-long tour in Europe, all these different cities, and it was going to be so exciting, and then it was about to start in March, and the whole thing was canceled because of the virus situation. And it's a it's a devastating thing for someone um, instead of being in Europe, going from city to city, playing music on stage in front of an audience, getting paid, he's sitting in his living room and, uh, you know, practicing playing the guitar and Zooming with people like the rest of us. And uh, so it's, it's very hard, I think, for us to make those kinds of adjustments. And uh, I think the reference you make to something i, I wrote uh, just the other day i wrote something called option b and uh i wrote it in part about one of the stories i've heard which was from a very good friend of mine i've known for many years and her mother was about to turn 100 years old uh, and a year ago a year before her mother turned 100 she organized a uh, a party For her was going to be her mother's hundredth birthday party. Her mother lives near Victoria, Canada, and people from all families, all over the continent, were going to be going to this party. And they rented out for three days or four days, you know, an inn where people could stay. They um, had it; they were having it catered. They just had everything planned out. And then, of course, the coronavirus hit uh in canada just like it did in the u.s and uh, <clears throat> initially she was thinking well, maybe we could still go ahead with this and then it realized she was going to have to cancel this and it was devastating you know for her the idea that she'd spent a year planning this for her hundred-year-old mother and now her mother was going to be isolated in an apartment on her hundredth birthday and nobody could even visit her um and that the whole party would be canceled and instead what she did, to her credit, was she set up um, a party by, through Zoom, through video conferencing. And all these people were going to come were invited into a, a day-long uh, Zoom experience. They had a particular time to come in. Um, people came in with cake, birthday cake. Um, I actually was invited, and, and I played a blues version of Happy Birthday to her, her mom at 9 o'clock that night. And... It was a wonderful experience, Uh, but one of the reasons it was a wonderful experience for her mom and for my friend is that she was able to let go of option A, which was the original plan to have a birthday party at this inn with all these people coming from all over, and she was able to put all of her energy into option B which was doing this through video conferencing. Now, of course, it's not going to be the same thing. You're not going to have the same experience as with everybody hugging and taking group photos and, you know, sharing cake and toasting glasses. You're not going to have that party experience, but because she was able to let go of plan A, she put so much energy into option B that it turned out to be a wonderful experience. For her mom for her and for everybody else and I think that's what a lot of us are trying to deal with which is we're trying to revise our plans we're thinking of well I could do this instead you know I could do <clears throat> music over the Internet I could do a uh, live I could stream a live um, concert from my living room for the people who follow me on Facebook um, but then we think yeah but I could have been in Europe you know up on stage in in, uh, Copenhagen. And um, as long as we hold on to our attachment, our emotional attachment to what might have been, then we're not going to be able to successfully execute and enjoy option B. But if we're able to make that transition to adapt, right? I'm seeing tremendous amount of adaptability going on in the last 30 days with people being... Finding new ways to handle things and do things. If we can adapt, to option B, we can actually still find joy and success, and um, and lots of good moments of of wonderful times, even within the confines that are being created by this this uh, coronavirus.
0: So, I, I love I love how you've keyed this up. I want to uh, need to go to commercial break. But the, that that going to plan B, the acceptance of plan B, to me, that's where the juice is. That's the, that's the hard part to actually make that transition. I want to kind of come back to that a little bit because I, I believe in Japanese psychology. The focus is acceptance is actually kind of a skill. But before we do all this stuff, we're going to go to break. Our secret word tonight is demons. Our secret word tonight is demons, and I encourage all of our listeners to go check out uh, Greg's website at 30,000days.org. That's all one word, 30,000days.org. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages.
2: Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you
0: worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be your child's greatest ally by reading the book Ned Hollowell described as a game changer, Michelle Borba referred to as the ultimate guide for parents, and Michael Thompson praised as the groundbreaking book you've been waiting for. Go to playbetterplan.com to buy a copy of Caroline McGuire's book, Why Will No One Play With Me? While you're there, subscribe to download her free mini-course on developing social skills for children. That's
1: playbetterplan.com. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's
0: addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and executive function challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide.
1: Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears.
0: Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com.
1: And now, back to Attention Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation with uh, Greg Creech here um, from the Toto Institute. Uh, before the break, we were kind of talking about uh, the notion of Plan B, which is really wrapped around you know dealing with difficult times, losses, lifestyle, etc. And talking about kind of moving from plan A to plan B and in the COVID-19 environment, we, we have a lot of that stuff that's going on, but some people are having some difficulty. And, Greg, it doesn't seem to me – it's easy to say we should just accept plan B and make that acceptance and kind of move to it. But it doesn't sound like your life, your world. Let me start over. I'm sorry. That's okay. Welcome back, everyone. We're here with Greg Creech having a great conversation uh really about uh, our, our world right now we're dealing with covid-19 and lots of changes and some issues and some people haven't accept losses changes in lifestyles and um now, we're talking before the break about the notion of moving from plan A to plan B. And it seems like to me the juice, the hard part, is actually in the, in the acceptance of moving to the plan B. And in my understanding in, in Japanese psychology is acceptance is actually a skill, which is what I so much like about um, our, our conversations, Greg, is, is the practice of that skill. And it sounds easy for us to say to accept that, but it sounds like that's not – I don't think that's as easy to execute. Can you talk to us about that and how one actually kind of – works on acceptance
1: yeah and that's that's a great question and and what I found is you know I've, I've been teaching and studying this material and practicing um, the the work that I that I do in Japanese psychology for over 30 years and when I first wrote a book about how to actually develop skills in this area I had three skills that were really critical and one was was the skill of, of developing skillful attention, which of course is the area that you work with a lot, Jeff. Uh, another one was co- what what I call coexisting with feelings while taking action. So it means the ability to kind of coexist, let's say, with anxiety or fear and still act and not be paralyzed by those feelings or emotions. And the third skill uh, was self-reflection, the, the skill of being able to reflect back on our lives and uh, see what we can be grateful for, see what we can learn, see how we've impacted on other people. Uh, Those were the three basic skills. But um, the revision I did of the book a few years later included a fourth skill that I added, and that skill was acceptance. There's a term in, in Morita therapy, which is one of these models of Japanese psychology. It's a Japanese term called arugamama, which means something like to accept things as they are. And I found that um, this, this idea of acceptance and really the skill of being able to accept things as they are, uh, I, as I've gotten older, I see it as a, actually a more and more important element of our own mental health and our own ability to live well, uh, because the resistance, the things that we need to accept, um, is something that creates a tremendous amount of suffering for us and often tremendous amount of suffering for the people around us as well. So our ability to accept things, particularly things we can't control, uh, to me is really critical. And we're now in a situation where we don't have a lot of control uh, over what's going on in the world, right? We don't have a lot of control over the the virus or over the government um, shutting down businesses or closing schools. Uh, So we, we feel like We've, we've lost a lot of control in our lives right now. Um, we're just, many of us are just mostly staying home, right? Um, but, of course, what we can control is what we do while we're staying home. And that distinction between what's controllable and what isn't controllable is really critical. And it's often the place that I like to start as I, as I work with people, either um, counseling them or, or teaching a program or a workshop, is, is to look at what's going on in your life right now and think about it from a standpoint of what's controllable and what isn't controllable. And a lot of what's going on in the world today is not really controllable by me, right? But I'm also going to suggest that the feelings that I have in response to that, feeling um, sad, feeling upset, feeling uh, <clears throat> um, uh, concerned about all the suffering in the world, feeling angry about how this is being managed in some cases by the governments uh, in our country, all those feelings are also uncontrollable. I can't control those feelings. Um, and so the question is then um, what do I do with all the things that I can't control? And the, the answer to me, which is a very logical answer is accept it. I have to accept what I can't control. And What I can do is actually put my energy into things that I can control, right? And so what can I control? I can control what I do, how I conduct myself throughout the day. I can control exercising. I can control what I eat and don't eat. I can control spending time writing, which is important for me in terms of being an author. I can control practicing music because I, I play music. Um, I can control how I talk to my wife and my daughter who are living with me. Those are all things that are controllable, right? How I use my time during this quote-unquote shutdown is very controllable by me. But what's going on in the world, whether I gonna ultimately get coronavirus, that's a great example. You know, I can control whether I maintain social distancing. I can control whether I go out uh, uh, frequently or, or as little as possible in terms of shopping for food, for example. Those are controllable behaviors. But does that mean if if I do all the right things, I won't get the virus? No, I could still get it. So I have to look at what I can control. And when I look at what I can't control, that's where this issue of acceptance comes in. I have to be able to accept that this is the way things are, and I don't really have control over this. And... For many of us, that is a huge challenge because uh, many of us have gone through life um, trying to assert control over what's going on around us, trying to change other people's behavior who are dealing with us, our kids, our aging parents, our colleagues at work. And so we're used to being in a situation where we keep trying to control what's going on in life. And often, if we think back about that, like if, if someone who is... Got a, a partner or a parent or a child who's an alcoholic. Um, if you think back about how successful your efforts are to try to control that person's behavior, most of you would probably acknowledge they haven't been successful at all. Mm-hmm. You can't control another person's behavior, right? Whether they're an alcoholic or not, you actually can't control their behavior. Um, I, I learned very quickly as soon as my kids uh, were toddlers that I couldn't control their behavior. Yep. And as they became teenagers and now young adults, I really know that I can't control their behavior. Um, So accepting the fact that we can't control all these things in our life um, not only gives us more peace with the situation, but think about what it does to our energy. If I I could take all the energy, if you could take all the energy that, that you've put into, and I'm not just talking about you, Jeff, but everybody listening, if you could take all the energy that you've put into trying to control other people's behavior, just that one element, and instead, you could put it into doing something that you could control that would really be make your life productive and successful, right? Think of what you could have accomplished in the last 10, 20,
0: 30 years, right? Absolutely.
1: That we've wasted trying to control what's not controllable. So acceptance is the pathway to really a very different approach to life in which we can devote ourselves to things that we actually can do. And that, that, that is so important in this situation. Some of us, some people will come out of this period of time having written a novel, having lost weight, having become stronger by exercising at home, having become closer to their family members through video conferencing than they were beforehand. Um, and others will come out in the exact opposite place um, because they focus on what they can control and accept what they couldn't.
0: Absolutely. I tell you what, this, this is a very, I had no idea this conversation was going to get to this point in time, but, uh, I got something I'd like to share when we come back to the rate that on this very topic. So let's go to break. Our secret word is demons. Again, our secret word is demons. And, uh, If you haven't gone there already, you need to go right now to Greg's website at 30,000days.org. That's all one word, 30,000days.org. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages.
2: You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio.
1: Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to ADDCA.com slash ATR. That's ADDCA.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off.
0: You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide.
2: Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio.
0: Welcome back, everybody. We are uh, having a great conversation with uh, Greg Creech, uh, one of my favorite interviews, and um, <clears throat> about ready to share a story here. And uh, I think maybe it's a lived experience. So uh, little known is uh, back a little over 10 years ago, I was had a life-threatening illness, and I had to go for a period of time to get some serious treatment. And when that was going on, Um, I had a choice. I could dwell on the negativity of it, or I could choose something else to pay attention to. So what I did was I went and downloaded the um, media kits from Attitude Magazine and Attention Magazine, and I got the magazines, and I reverse engineered, so I saw what the rates were. So I reverse engineered how much revenue both organizations were getting on the uh, each magazine based off of the published rates or advertising. Then I took a look at subscriptions, and I took a look at them, and reversed everything backwards to come up with what I thought cost of a, of a view or a listen was. And at the time, Attention Talk Radio was really just a podcast. It was just an idea. Um, as I came through this process, I focused literally on how I could turn the podcast into a uh, a radio show, or it's still a podcast, but I uh, I focused, came back, found a studio, found out how to record some commercials and stuff, and actually put together, uh, went out to some people, Ari Tuckman and one, and Linda Rogley, and said, If you guys will do commercials, I'll run them until I sell them out from under you, which is what I did. And um, I'm sharing this story because it had never ever been told before, but actually, Attention Talk Radio actually today is a result of me not trying to control the negativity and the thoughts of a situation that could have been life-threatening, but choosing in other words to what I could control and put my energies into what now is attention talk radio. And it's been a godsend for me for somebody who has this hard time writing unlike Greg, who's gifted. Um, you know, we've had, I think a million six downloads. These are actually human. These are not bots. Cause the bots is like 5 million as a result of some of that stuff. And, you know, and Greg, I, I'm interested in your comments on that, but I was literally, it was, I was consciously choosing not to dwell on the attention of the negativity, what was going on and try to channel it to something I could control, which was writing the media kit and trying to figure this thing out, which is still today. And I can actually say without, without a doubt project got me through it emotionally because I wasn't dwelling on what was going on and I used it to kind of get through that. So, is that close to kind of what you're talking about if not everybody thinks you're listening to my experience
1: you know what jeff that's that what you just described would be a great case study for the the material i teach in japanese psychology because um you you know you had you had to start with acceptance right you had a life-threatening illness and um you had to be able to accept that you had a life-threatening illness because there are people um who are in denial right and uh They'll they'll be told they have a life threatening illness and they'll just kind of deny it. No, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, I can just kind of keep going on like this. Um, I, I've, I knew somebody in my family in that kind of situation uh, who who had cancer and they just they just didn't they just pretended like they didn't have it. They didn't want to get any treatment. They just ignored it. Um, mm-hmm. So acceptance was really critical. But then what you really did is you <clears throat> were able to use that as an opportunity to shift your energy towards doing something that for you was meaningful and, and productive, right? And mm-hmm. it, it not only shifted your attention, but it shifted your experience of your life at that time. Imagine what your life would have been like if you hadn't done that and just simply sat on the couch day after day and just thought about why yep. did this happen to me, now I'm going to die, right? Um, yep. <clears throat> you changed your experience, and then at the other end, you ended up with, with this successful radio show podcast that you, you developed um, in part, I think, out of the energy of all of that anxiety that you had um, having been told that you had a life-threatening illness. So it's just the flow of what you described is, is really a perfect example of, of how I would have um, uh, kind of counseled someone to to cope with that type of situation, so it's
0: a, it's an excellent. Story. And, and and to leverage this, it was kind of funny because when I I told very few people what I was going through, and the few that i said, I said please, I don't want you to call me, I don't want, I, don't not ask me how I'm feeling, I don't want, I, don't ask me those questions because I don't, really don't want to take those questions and go back to that area. Just don't ask me those questions. I'm happy to talk to you, but I did that kind of intentionally. And the project that I talk about was intentional. Again, it was I was I, I paused, I got out of it, and I said, "Listen, I need to I need to shift my attention and dwell on something else in order to to manage it around it." And I think that one of the things I'd like to emphasize to people is 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 what you talk about so much, Greg, is the intention of exercises and stuff to practice the skill of attention and making it a choice that you do um, goes back to, you know, you have all kinds of thoughts. It's the ones that you choose to pay attention to and the, your experience in life are based off of what you choose to pay attention to and that conscious choice and the exercise of attention, it really, really can do a lot for your mental state, whether it's depression or anxiety or all the or losses or all the other things that come along with it. So it really is the one thing that you can control that you can do something about. And that's what you choose to pay attention to anything else you'd like to add to that.
1: Well, you know, we could we can actually think of as, as I talk about these kind of four essential skills um the 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 first skill if we were thinking of them kind of chronologically now life isn't this clean but in if we're if we're putting this up on a flip chart or a slide or something, the first skill is attention because um, you walk out the door and the first thing that happens is you notice something right um, mm-hmm. you you notice for me because I live in the country I notice that there's a a bird on a tree or the ra- uh, there's a rabbit by the car in the driveway or something like that, or I noticed the buds on the maple trees. So, so attention kind of starts, kicks off the process, right? It, it yep. gets things moving. And then, but the second thing is acceptance, because what you notice then has to be accepted, right? Now, it's not that hard to accept that there's buds on maple trees, right? But I walked out the door one day a couple of years ago, and um, I noticed that this 50-foot pine uh, that grows right next to our house had uh, what one of the trunks 50 foot trunk had just crashed right onto the driveway missed my car by about a foot and it was a total shock right but what what is there to do to start with to accept it right um, so as we go through our life we're, we're, we're starting we're noticing things and then in response to what we notice we have to accept it because we're noticing life right um, but then what so now we've noticed something. we've we've used our attention to notice. We've accepted what we've what we've noticed. And what's the next thing? Well, we have to decide, is there something that I need to do? right? And that has to do with this idea of doing what needs to be done or coexisting with your feelings while you take action. So this is the action stage. You've noticed, mm-hmm. accepted now what action, if any, do you need to take? right? And your story and your story, your the action was, building this, this radio station, this podcast. Um, but you did that not, a, not as a, a global kind of, oh, I'm building a pie. You had all these little steps you had to do, right? Meetings with people, analysis, putting together plans. Everything was a step. So each step was an involved action. And then once you've taken an action, what's the next thing in the sequence? Self-reflection, right? How did this impact on other people? Who helped me do this? We, we cultivate gratitude by reflecting on going back and thinking about what kind of support and care did I receive in order to do this. This idea of the self-made man or the self-made woman to me is a complete myth. Nobody is <laughs> self-made. We exist due to the, the grace and the compassion and the kindness of people and things and objects um, that, that support us throughout our life. Even at this moment, the Internet, the, the phone that we're using to speak, um, the light that's coming into the, to this room here from the sun. This is all part of, of what's supporting my life right now. Um, there's there's people, researchers right now who are looking for vaccines and treatments for the coronavirus. They're, they're supporting my life right now by doing that. I don't know how to do that. Somebody else does, mm-hmm. though. So. I hope they succeed.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: so so these are the kind of this is the sequence of how things work: attention, acceptance, action self-reflection, and then we go right back. Then we notice something else, and the sequence starts again. And this happens to us probably 1,000, 10,000 times a day without us really being conscious of it. And it's never quite so clean, right, in terms of the sequence of it. But that, to me, is, is the process uh, that goes on. And so as we hone and develop each of those skills, starting with attention, we become better at life. We become better at going with this flow of life, of how to attend, how to accept taking action and then reflecting on, on our life.
0: So it really kind of comes around it's just like any, like a sport. It, the more you practice, practice, um, managing your attention the better you get at it over a period of time and you can have an impact in your life and today we're talking about acceptance but really taking control of your attention witnessing your attention and not being on autopilot and pausing and practicing it on a regular basis and the practice is effortful because we actually have to stop and do something about it but it can really have a profound impact I mean Japanese psychology has been around for for, You know better than I do how long it's been around, but there's something to this. It's, it's very helpful. It's very holistic. And what I hope is that our listeners have really been inspired by this and some of the other shows that we've done to take control of their attention and practice it as a skill, acceptance as a skill, et cetera. Um, yeah, and right, we
1: need I just, to you know um, that uh, if I can just share this story, because yeah. I think people underestimate the power of attention and how it can impact on our life and people around us. And just a quick little story. There was, there was a story in the news about a year ago about a woman who was a maid at a hotel on the, someplace in California, I think, on the west coast. And um, she noticed a child with um, the, a, a girl, a young girl, with her parents and she just noticed the look on this girl's face as being very depressed and agitated and upset um, in such a way that it really caught her attention. And so she reported this to the hotel manager. And the hotel manager responded to it as if it was something that could possibly be important. And as a re- without going into details, do you know what th- happened as a result of this? they found that there was a sex trafficking ring, a huge sex trafficking wow. ring with children who were being used as sex slaves. And the entire ring was broken by the police as a result of this woman noticing the facial expression on this little girl. Wow. And that's uh, attention, right? And I could tell you a dozen stories like that um, in areas of safety, in areas of sports. Um, the, the, when when we start developing Skillful attention—it um, has tremendous power over our lives, and it can have tremendous power over over the people around us as well. Um, if we really understood the, the potential uh, of of what attention can actually uh, create and do in our
0: lives. Wow. <laughs> okay, um, we can launch off into a whole other show right now on some simple observations. I love, I love that. Which I, I have to give you another call because I. One of the things about our digital world, everybody's kind of caught up in this stuff, and they, simple observations was like I remember when I grew up, my mom used to put clothes outside to dry, and she wouldn't listen to the weatherman. She would just look up in the sky and I, what she. She could just often tell, like, it's, they say it's going to rain, but I don't think so, and she was right. And so it's just those skills of observation. But anyway, not to launch off into a whole other show, um, I do have to pull this together. So, Greg, I, again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for coming on.
1: Well, thank you, Jeff. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and, and uh, um, I look forward to your shows. and, and uh, just want to encourage you to, to keep doing this. I think it's, it's a really valuable thing that you're doing with these podcasts. So keep up the good work.
0: We appreciate you coming on, everyone. Our our secret word tonight is demons. And Greg's website, thirty thousand days Please go check it out. Hope you've enjoyed it. Catch us next week on the edition of the and Talk Radio. Take care.